0: this is nick and matt jackson you're listening to the Workshoot shoot wrestling podcast
1: Swing. Sup, yeah. welcome to episode 176 of the Workshoot wrestling podcast this is corey richmond uh unfortunately this week jason actually has a life unlike me so he's on his honeymoon in portland going to every brewery that will allow him in the building so like last week i'm joined by sean reamer who uh we're not going to talk as much G1 this time around, but uh, we will get into a little bit as the show goes along. This week, we'll talk a little bit about the big WWE weekend, how much we may or may not like this uh, this weekend of shows, what should maybe be the main event of NXT TakeOver, the <coughs> women's match. Um, we'll get into a little G1. We may get into a little Global Force with uh, Alberto Del Rio and some other spoilers going on there. And I, and I say spoilers loosely when your own... Uh, Facebook page and Instagram and all these other things tell you who's going to be your champion, basically already. So I mean, what we may get into that a little bit later. But the big story of the week, Sean, is uh, twofold. One, the health of Ric Flair, and another guy who's had some health issues over the last couple of years, Brian Danielson, A.K.A. Daniel Bryan, in his WWE run. First of all, Sean, thank you for joining us again this week. How are you doing? Well, thank you for having me. I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, well, going on no sleep, working the overnights all week. You know, uh, for all those who don't know, it's we're doing this at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. So hopefully it'll be out at some point during the day. But uh, let's just put it this way. If you hear snoring in the background, it's it's not an audio effect. Corey has fallen asleep and Sean's in a lot of trouble because he's going to be on all his own until I never <laughs> say hello again.
0: I can talk for days. It's
1: fine. There you go. But uh, so let's quickly right off the top. Ric Flair, uh, maybe the greatest... All around performer in the history of the business. A no maybe. he is. I, I agree. I, I would actually agree with that. I mean, a lot of us in the East Coast uh, didn't maybe didn't see Ric Flair until later on. Like I didn't see Ric Flair until the early '90s because down here we we did get TBS, but we didn't have cable. So Ric Flair until he really had the WWE run with coming in, you know, with the title and winning the Rumble, which uh, being managed by Bobby Heenan and Mr. and the late Mr. Perfect. So, I mean, for other parts of the country, he's more of an icon than he is most likely in the East Coast, which he became. But some sad news, he's he's, he's no longer in a medically induced coma, which has been rumored earlier this week. I mean, there's a lot of stories going on, so we'll keep this slight, slightly vague because we don't know if he had colon surgery. I mean, his his girlfriend is saying that he didn't, Mean Gene Okerlund, who's a friend of him has said he did. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of stories going on there right now. But, you know, I just want to send our best wishes to to the Nature Boy. And what's your thoughts on, you know, a legend, somebody who brought a lot of fans going through this right now and basically in an era where it's not kayfabe anymore and you can't just say, you know, Ric Flair is off doing something. You know, it's much bigger subject now.
0: Well, um, as a medical professional, I'm not going to in any way, shape, or form act like I know... Uh, and anyway, what's actually going on with him? Uh, the idea that I know that he does have, uh, alcohol induced, I believe it's cardiomyopathy, it might be cardiomegaly. Um, either way, it's, he has some serious problems which are leading to heart failure. And I mean, he's getting older. If you look at him, he's, he's definitely got some, uh, smiles on him. So when they said that he was going in, uh, and was in the ICU, you don't just go into an ICU for, you know, standard monitoring. I, I think his manager really blew that. Uh, you go into an ICU when you are in a deep, deep shit, basically. So uh, the reports coming out, is, you know, they're saying maybe he had part of his colon taken out and then people are denying that. I'm um, seeing that he had a section of his bowel reduced. Um, but it, I mean, uh, we don't know yet. I, I think it's, I think it's sad, it's awful. Uh, he should hopefully live several more years, but he has uh, quite a bit going against him. I wish him nothing but the best for him and his family. Uh, the man is the legend, uh, and I, I hope not to see him pass from this earth anytime soon.
1: I couldn't agree more, and I know there was some back and forth about uh, with his illness that he at one point said that it wasn't true with the disease that he has, but in his own autobiography, he did discuss it. So, I mean, depending on what you want to believe, you know, we wish the best. And one of the things that's interesting about this on a WWE level is she didn't really have much going on at the moment. But Charlotte Flair doesn't appear to be part of their biggest, their second or third biggest show there, SummerSlam. Now, do you think this is a good thing for her to be away right now? Or do you think a distraction and I know I'm psychoanalyzing here. So I do apologize. Somebody who doesn't have a degree in this, but <laughs> t- talking to Jay for the last 20 years, I think I know a little, maybe something about it, crazy people. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the idea that Charlotte basically on their second biggest show of the year won't be involved?
0: Um, well, considering the fact that apparently she was over in China, I think it was on like a promo tour or an actual tour of some sort. I, at least that's what I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Uh, I I think there's a ton of people who will, and we'll get into it later. Uh, I think the lineup for SummerSlam this year is is a little wonky myself. Um, I I think with everything she has going on in her personal life, I think it's absolutely fine that she's not there. She doesn't need to be there for a giant pay-per-view. Yes, it is uh, one of their big three. But I think equally she can walk right in afterwards and uh, start off strong uh, the next night. So,
1: absolutely agree. Jesus, this is this is terrible. Me and Jay usually afford about thirteen things with five minutes in. So you know you got to pump this. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, But all right. So like I said, when we get more information, me and Jason hopefully Shaw will be back on the show real soon. Also, we're not ending this yet. But. it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Rick and how this is handled by the WWE and how, and how they go. And if they have another person on their payroll who has major problems, how they handle, if they write them off, if they take this, you know, seriously, you know, how, how WWE handles it. So we will look at that as time goes on. Uh, but the other big WWE issue of the week, uh, Brie Bella, uh, recently was on a podcast, um, from Barstool Radio, I believe you told me before we went yeah, on the Yeah, Barstool
0: air, Sports uh, from the Top Rope.
1: Where she mentioned that her husband will wrestle again. She's okay with it. I mean, it's interesting for me and Jay over the last, you know, six to ten months have spoken about this issue on and off on the idea of he's both of ours, you know, one of our favorite in-ring performers of the last decade. But when you have, you know, these problems with CTE and all the other things that are going on, you wonder... Is it the best thing for him to get back in the ring? And then, but when his wife goes and actually comes out and says, "I support him," you wonder: Are we? What, what should the average person think? And as a wrestling fan, do we have? If her, you know, if his wife is saying that this is okay, should we really be upset one way or another if he decides to go back?
0: Um, I mean, it's, first off, it's his wife, and if she's supporting him, I think that's awesome. Considering. Uh, how unbelievably dangerous it, it could be for him to go back with everything that's happened to him. But uh, also I had a chance to listen to that podcast and uh, they, she put out uh, a few more things that I think really haven't been made public yet okay. in terms of what he was doing for treatment and the, the overall number of specialists he's gone to. Uh, and I think it shows, I think if you're working that hard, you're feeling that good and anyone who's seen any Instagram posts or anything he's still working out like a beast I and mean, he's given it a hundred and ten percent he's dedicated to the comeback um, in his case uh, it, it seems more so I, I initially thought it was going to be because of neck issues uh, but the, you know people are still talking about CTE and they're still talking about potential concussion related brain injuries uh, I I would love to see Daniel Bryan come back because I, as much as he did wrestle a very physical and brutal style uh, during his indie years and uh, his coming up with that, comparatively to his WWE years, they weren't as bad. He still took a lot of a lot of scary dives, but that that's just his style. Um, I if you had to give me a choice between seeing Daniel Bryan come back. And, uh, Katsuyori Shibata come back. I picked Daniel Bryan. Um, and I really think that his wife supporting him is fantastic. I hope that he can come back and I hope it's safe for him to come back. Uh, I don't think WWE will let him back into a ring, but, uh, I, at the same time, I don't think they're gonna really let him just walk away from the company necessarily. Uh, so it, I'll be interested to see what happens. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping for the best for him no matter what.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. Uh, Dr. Joseph Maroon, who uh, is their lead uh, doctor for the WWE, won't clear him. I mean, it will be interesting to see what happens in, I guess, about 16 or 17 months now. I might be wrong on the exact number, how much time he's left on his deal. But if he's getting interest from other, if he's interest from other people, the New Japan, the ROH, the CML of the world, Global Force, if it's not a new name by then, you know, if they're showing interest, are the WWE gonna want to let him go and compete on another company and make money? But at the same point, one of the major reasons why Kurt Angle left the WWE for basically you know 11 years was because Vince McMahon did not want to see him die in the ring. And you, I mean, I think you know you have the Chris Benoit stuff, and you have the this is not really the same thing. But Chris Nowitzki with the foundation with mm-hmm. you know research on CTE. And you're supposedly supposed to be, you know, better at this now with your company. It's kind of a black eye for your company if you allow him back in. And yes, I mean he's doing the uh, bar- hes doing the chamber. I think 41 times, not the elimination chamber. Right? Just the—I uh, couldn't remember the name of the hyperbaric. High- it's,
0: uh, it's a hyperbaric chamber treatment. Right.
1: right. I believe they said 41 times already. Yep. And you know, time heals all wounds. I mean, I'm sure he feels better than he's felt in, you know, 15 years because he hasn't actually, yeah, he's been doing a couple of, you know, physical stuff, but he's not taking bumps and stuff like that right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he may feel great, but I mean, how does that make the WWE look if, for the longest time, Dr. Maroon and maybe they have another doctor at that point. But if a guy who's been so, in, you know, vehemently saying, we're not going to let him come back, all of a sudden, you know, 15, 16 months, all of a sudden just says, yeah, he's fine. Let, let him compete. I think the WWE is in a very weird situation. Well, I
0: think the WWE's medical standing on just about anything uh, has been in question for a very long time. And, I mean, you can go back uh, to Chris Benoit issue. Uh, you can go back to any number of their superstars who have gotten hooked on painkillers. Uh, you can go back to CM Punk and all his uh, backstage stories with his staph infection um, and uh, his concussions uh, you can even go to, uh, I, I believe it was just revealed a few months back about how, um, uh, what was the guy doing, uh, Nowitz- I think it was Nowitzki uh, doing the CTE re- uh, research. Right. Yeah. They discovered that, that so-called foundation that uh, was supposed to actually be going in and looking at wrestlers' brains and looking at other athletes' brains. Well, he got a large donation from the wwe and (laughs) since then has not looked at a single wrestler's brain that's so strange i don't understand it i don't get it um but that's just the wwe and that's shady stuff that they've done so will it look weird for them to let someone walk back in no i I don't think it'll look weird i think they, they already look shady when it comes to just about anything medically already um, but if, you know, Daniel Bryan or any other superstar that had a uh, a number and a plethora of medical issues came forward and produced documents saying, I can find nothing wrong and I have done significant searches and uh, research on this patient and they are good to go, so
1: be it. So what, what's your gut say? Do we see... Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, I know that drives Jay crazy, but he's on the show, so screw him. Um, (laughs) What's your gut feeling? Do we see him in the WWE again, in-ring? Do we see him in New Japan? Does he realize in, you know, 15 months after having, you know, a kid and having a good life again, do we see him in a ring? What, What do you think we see here? I
0: think Daniel Bryan, at the end of his contract, makes it abundantly clear that, I, if you aren't going to resign me and let me perform in the ring, I'm walking. And he is that heavy. He is that guy. I firmly believe he will absolutely tell them that in probably in those words. And, um, I think at that point, they're going to look and just try and make a snap decision. Do we bite the bullet and risk it and make some money? Or do we say no and try and uphold that we, uh, you know, we quote unquote, care about our people Um, if if my gut feeling is WWE resigns him uh, lets him back in the ring but uh, would I be surprised if Brian Danielson suddenly appeared in an ROH or NJPW or both ring I would not be especially considering how monetarily He'd be able to fund himself now, given the, the Hot Topic deals, how uh, effective ProWrestlingTees.com has become. Uh, he's already big enough on his own. He could literally walk into any one of these buildings and become an even bigger star than he already was.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Me, personally, I, like I said before, Brian Danielson versus Kenta, Brian Danielson versus CM Punk, a lot, one of these, some of these great classic matches. Over the last decade are some of my lasting memories as a wrestling fan. But, and I think Jay would agree with me, it's going to be really uncomfortable to watch him wrestle again. Especially, and like I said, you might feel differently about this, but I'm going to feel really uncomfortable watching him and, you know, possibly in a New Japan ring where they go and aren't at, not saying they're not safe, but, you know, you have the Shapada issue. You have other things that have happened in other companies, you know, like uh, Lucha Underground where they're still doing chair shots. I mean, you would think yeah. he's a big enough star that he wouldn't allow something like that to happen. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, as being, you know, a year away from 40, my life has changed a little bit. But I really am going to feel a little uncomfortable seeing him in the ring again.
0: I don't disagree with you. Uh, I, I, I think, though, at this point, given his time away, uh, the amount of medical procedures he's had to go through, that he has a, a newborn child that he has a wife, a family. I think he may potentially change his style up slightly, uh, and I think he'll be pretty smart about the matches he takes, the spots he calls. I won't necessarily be uh, uncomfortable, but uh, I will initially be wary. And if he can you know, keep going on and carry on these matches without any kind of uh, medical repercussions, then, you know... I'd rather see someone live out their dream and go out that way than anything else.
1: I mean, I could, I could see that point of view. Uh, this is wrestling. As Jay would always say, we're talking about, you know, people in tights, you know, something that's... Yeah. So let's let's have a little more fun. Let's talk about maybe the stupidest man in the business in the uh, of the week. Um, Baron Corbin ca- wow. tr- uh, cashes in his money in the bank and six seconds loses to Jinder Mahal after being... Distracted by uh, John Cena. There's a lot of rumors going out there that uh, either a Twitter a Twitter beef with uh, Dave Meltzer earlier in the week and then uh, making comments to someone he didn't realize was part of the military might have led to this deep pushing. I mean, it's ideas that maybe they've just lost confidence in him because they realize he's still green as grass. I mean, what's your thoughts on, uh, I guess, twofold? One, Baron Corbin, you know, cashing in the money in the bank. And two the idea that the money in the bank is already off the table and we still have, you know, half a year left, basically.
0: Oh, man, yeah. Uh, well, first off, Balding Corbin, uh, I have long, long never been a fan, a fan of. I, I don't understand the call-up for him. Uh, I don't understand why they would think that he could even exist elsewhere outside of an NXT ring. I don't think he has the in-ring prowess. I don't think he has the personality. Uh, I, he may have started off initially kind of with that mysterious uh, side to him, but as soon as they let him kind of start speaking out on his own, uh, he just makes an absolute fool of himself on Twitter, just constantly saying the wrong things to the wrong people um, and you know even when it 's just responding to rude fans who are insulting him or you know calling him fat or whatever uh it 's at the same time, I, I think it's really stupid on his part to even be immersing himself in Twitter culture. Granted, a lot of the other guys do it too, so I don't cut them any slack either. Randy Orton is uh, one of the greats on Twitter for chopping people down when they pop up and say something. Uh, but in terms of Baron Corbin, I think even letting him get the briefcase was a terrible idea. Uh, was I shocked that they... They squashed him in a six second uh, cash in on SmackDown. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this this was a, a huge mistake uh, and so many different ways for the Cubs to be. Uh, you know, you've now eliminated this guy entirely. He's, he's getting buried. So I'm very curious to see what the future holds for Baron Corbin because, I mean, where do you go after that? What do you do? I mean, the company, are they going to try and. Uh, fix this with with him just begging and pleading for several weeks, and then giving him a shot at gender at one of the upcoming pay per views. Uh, who knows? Uh, it, to me, it, it seems like a just a terrible waste. They should have put that case on uh, anybody else in that match, honestly. Uh, and it it should have gone somewhere. That, that the whole point of that is that it's supposed to be some exciting potential. Uh, at any given point, they can suddenly start a new rivalry and a new storyline uh, when they need it. And they have now taken away a get-out-of-jail card for the company, uh, for the writers. I mean, so, we'll, uh, dumb move.
1: Dumb move. I mean, we'll get into this more in predictions, but does with, the, with uh, the Money in the Bank no longer an option, does this give you a better thought that Nakamura could win the title on Sunday?
0: I, uh, I am absolutely hoping that Nakamura does. I'm not a big fan of Jinder. I've never been a big fan of Jinder. Uh, I, I get what they're doing business wise. They want to expand into, uh, the Indian market. Uh, um, you know, with several, a billion viewers, uh, potential viewers is a huge thing. But I think gender hasn't, he hasn't done a match that has made me go, holy crap, you know, did you guys see that match? I haven't seen that yet out of him.
1: Um, Um, Not to say
0: that he couldn't in the future, uh, but simply to say right now it's been a boring title run for him. And I think Shinsuke Nakamura is one of the best in the world. I would love to see the title on him. Uh, I would hope that when they do that he can uh, hopefully get some more exciting opponents than what they've been throwing at him with you know, the the constant running around with uh, Randy Orton in the title situation, Jinder in the title situation. Uh, I'd like to see him actually get some more physical opponents, get a great match out of them.
1: I, I wish I could disagree, but um, I guess quickly my thoughts is Money in the Bank, like you said, has always been something that's used to build up a guy. Uh, I think it's very interesting to see where they go. I mean, after something like this happening, you would almost think that at the roster shakeup, whenever that's going to happen again, he would go to Raw to get a fresh start. But, I mean, that's, I don't know, in a land of giants on Raw, I think he would even get maybe even more lost because he would just look like another average-sized guy. When you have guys like the big show, Braun and Joe, and a lot of these other guys, a big cast who are so much... Height wise, you know, I think the illusion would go away. So, I mean, I think it's interesting on that end. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do. I mean, could he beat uh, John Cena on Sunday, especially the fact that John Cena is going to Raw as the mythical free agent that he is, which we can get into another time. But, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he's booked when we get more information out on why this was done and. You know, at the time, they the the two big guys that they wanted to go and build around this year, the WWE, to give that big push to, was Big Cass, Mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, excuse me, and uh, Captain Bellybutton over here, uh, yeah, Balding Baron. Yeah, Uh,
0: you know, I. It's not the first time that there's been an about face by Vince McMahon or by Creative. On uh, in the middle of a push for a character, but I think it's it's a really poor way to do it. I mean, if if you want to end a push for someone, end it the right way. Have a, put a match on, try and get your best out of them, uh, but dom- have whoever the opponent is dominate them and make them look weak and cut them off from a run. Uh, to have this six second squash, oh man. You know, the credibility for that character is it's shot. He, he's going to have to completely rebuild himself up. And that means that, the, you know, creative is going to have to completely rebuild this guy up. So now what six months from now, after he goes through a bunch of, uh, you know, low level to completely irrelevant feuds up to maybe a mid card, couple of matches on pay-per-views. It's, it's a waste. It's a waste of time and energy. Like I said, should have put that briefcase on somebody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to disagree. So uh, speaking about guys who could be getting a chance very soon, uh, former guest on the, on this very podcast, uh, PW uh, Insider own Michael Mike Johnson, uh, reported uh, that Adam Cole Bebe, and if I don't say it that way, Jason might punch me the next time he sees me if he's not too busy crying <laughs> for my speech. Bebe! Uh, apparently has signed with NXT... Uh, I don't know how much R- Ring of Honor you watch, uh, or his time in New- his limited time in New Japan, but what's your thoughts on the continuing uh, growth of guys at the Leo Rushes, the Donovan Dijaks, the um, Red Dragon now coming in? What's your yeah. thoughts of Adam Cole coming into WWE?
0: i first off, I'm very excited uh, that Adam Cole is not dead. Uh, I thought the Young Bucks <laughs> truly had potentially murdered him. Uh, that was crazy and I can't believe they haven't been arrested. The evidence is all available on their YouTube series. Uh, so it's just crazy to me that he's alive. It's a miraculous recovery. I am um, very excited for Adam Cole to come to NXT. His personality is fantastic. His workmanship in the ring is great. I think, uh, what they're probably going to look for from him initially is to tone up. Uh, you know, they, they want a, a more physical wrestler, it seems or at least uh, physically and uh, appearance-wise, they they want a a strong-looking wrestler, uh, and I think Adam Cole can definitely do that pretty easily. I'm very excited to see him there and to watch his growth there because, to me, he's kind of... uh, I don't want to compare him to Shawn Michaels, not in that wrestling style, uh, because he's not in the same category of wrestling style. But I think persona-wise... He reminds me of uh, Shawn Michaels uh, initially, like the early DXA days. He's, you know, he's his own cocky, arrogant guy. I mean, come on. The Bebe thing is just so great, and I can't wait to see him premiere potentially this Saturday.
1: It's, uh, that That is a possibility. One of the rumors that is going around is having some sort of ROH-type faction with him and Red Dragon coming in together or, you know, something with maybe— I've heard a little less of with Donovan Dijek, but I mean, it could be interesting if you put the, these three new guys, great wrestlers, good on the mic guys, together and see how they how they get pushed. So I mean, it's going to be interesting. We might see him as soon as Saturday. Only thing I hope is he doesn't come in as and I say this jokingly, but I'm scared someone to say this. But if he comes in as the uh, the son or nephew of. Some guy named Michael, who also has the same last name as him. Oh, Christ. Oh, that'd be a terrible time. That would be so bad.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't run it past him, but holy crap.
1: (laughs) I I, I just blew uh, uh, Sean's mind for about a third of a second. Oh, Oh,
0: God. Please no, please no. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, And I don't know if you saw this uh, reveal also from PW Insider announced today that Uh, Former WWE superstar Shelton Benjamin has re-signed with the company as well.
1: Yeah, and that was something that we thought was going to happen over a year ago when this uh, initial draft happened. Uh, He had an injury that they found in his medical testing, so he supposedly is okay now, and he's ready to go. We should see him in the next couple of weeks. I wonder if he'll still be on SmackDown, because that's where he he initially they said he was going. We'll see how that works out. I think with Jason
0: Jordan having moved to RAW, it would make sense for Shelton Benjamin to come in. I could,
1: yeah, I could, I could see that. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where he slots in. I mean, he is he is older. I mean, he still looks like he's the same age when he came in. You know, what eight nine years ago to WWE for the first run. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. If they maybe stick him with a chat uh, with Gable, or if they feud against each other, or maybe it's a mentor type role. It could be interesting to see where that goes. I mean, so be interesting where they go with that in the next couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Now, coming up, uh, the first major event for WWE this weekend will be for the third straight year at the Barclays Center. Uh, on Saturday, NXT, TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't think it's the greatest card in the world. I think that there's some good stuff on there. I, mean, I think Aleister Black versus Hideo Itami, if given time, could steal the show, but... My first question to you is, what should be the main event of this show? Should it be Oscar versus Ember Moon, with all the publicity they're getting, with Oscar, with you know the over five hundred days uh, as champion, or do you have to go with the uh, the world title match with uh, the glorious one versus uh, the chosen one? Oof,
0: uh, it's a tough call. Um, I think. I, I like Asuka as champion. I think this is going to be her last night as champion uh, Saturday. I think she won't walk out with the strap. I think the call-up is inevitable. Um, but at the same time, I think Ember Moon uh, isn't as tight in her promos. match performances. <laughs> uh, her promos, you know, her promos, she's still growing. She's, she's still terrible. getting better. Uh, but I think performance-wise in her matches, uh, she can just be, she's a little sloppy. Um and granted Oscar can be sloppy bit as well, so it's it is what it is. Um I I I would still think that the Bobby Roode and Drew McIntyre match uh should go as the main gig. Uh and also I'm waiting to watch that turn into a triple threat match, uh, which I would be very excited if they did. Uh, and threw in uh, Roderick Strong in there, I I think it would be great. I'd love to see that happen. Uh, Drew McIntyre is absolutely fantastic. Uh, His comeback to NXT uh, since he went to the Indies after departing the WWE, I know a lot of people probably would not have the, uh, the patience to have to essentially go down to development and then come back into the main system after they'd already been in the main system. I think it's perfect for him. I think he's going to blow up so big when he uh, when he moves out of NXT. He's so good. He's, he's huge. His performances are great. Uh, I love seeing his matches. I would love to see this become a three-way. I like Roderick Strong and the Bobby Roode-Roderick Strong uh, rivalry. He's been fantastic. Uh, and suddenly throwing McIntyre into a kind of it kind of cuts it off a little early in my opinion, but, uh, that should definitely be the main event, uh, co-main event, definitely Asuka and Ember. I feel the same way as you do that this card isn't as strong as it could be. Um, I think that the match of the night is probably going to be Alistair Black and Hideo Tommy, uh, provided they let them go for, you know, 20, 25 minutes. I think that's going to be an awesome match. Uh, you know, Alistair Black and, uh, Kyle O'Reilly had that great match. I think, uh, uh, two weeks ago, we didn't get a chance to talk about it because I talked too long about NJPW, the other <laughs> show. Um, but I, I will, I would have liked to see, uh, Oni Larkin and, uh, Danny Burch part three on this, uh, on this lineup instead of you know, what we're getting with Almas and randomly Johnny Gargano. It's not that I don't love Johnny Gargano or think the, the Almas Almost, Almost character isn't great. It's just it's kind of a strange pairing, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch put on two stellar matches. I don't know why you wouldn't go for the, the rubber match.
1: Well, so. I, I'm, well, let's discuss that quickly. Uh, I I think we all know that the original plan was Gargano versus Ciampa. The injury with Ciampa was worse than they expected, He's going to be out for a while still, so I, I think you wanted a character that was starting to get over with the crowd to get a match. And as much as everyone on this podcast loves Only Lorkin, Only Lorkin versus Danny Birch seems more of like a, a, TV match at this point than a a match on a network special. I, I maybe you disagree with me on that, but I mean, I'd like to see that match again, but I just don't know if it's at this point ready to be on a main show.
0: Um, You know what? I think their performance speaks for itself. Uh, I'm a huge fan of guys who put in that kind of work, and I'm a believer that they could go through and they could do this match and that it could be pay-per-view worthy. Um, I I don't think that they don't have it in them. I'd love to see it. But, hey, look, we finally disagreed on something.
1: There you go. It won't be the last thing, most likely. Uh, (laughs) So would you you agree that... The people who lose title matches on this show might go up. I mean, we. I think Bobby Roode, if he loses, I think he goes up to the main roster. You, you've said if Oscar loses, she goes up to the main roster. The third match of with a title implication is the Authors of Pain, who've had great matches versus teams that can work, versus Sanity, with the. Um, with the hints on SmackDown, with the uh, Twin Peaks stuff, with the Zango, it seems like a team like Sandy or the Authors of Pain could be the logical uh, people who are behind it. So, what's, first, so what do you think of that? Do you think that all the champions, if they lose, they're going up to the main roster? What do you, where do we see this going?
0: I don't see all the champions going up. I, I don't think Bobby Roode goes up to the main roster quite really? yet. I okay. think Bobby Roode yeah. hangs out for a little while longer. Um, I don't think that uh, uh, creative-wise that there's a spot for him just yet on the main roster. Uh, But Asuka has been in the system now for about two years, two and a half years. She has had a ton of matches. She's literally fought everyone in development. And I think at this point, uh, they need uh, a little bit of fresh blood in either one of the women's uh, divisions on whichever show you want to send her to and she's definitely that that fresh blood I mean she's gonna stir the pool up um, so I think that they definitely send Asuka if she loses I think Bobby Roode sticks around I don't even know if Bobby Roode drops the title I wouldn't be surprised that Bobby Roode retained um, in terms of AOP potentially going up I hope not but they are a Vince McMahon special. Uh, two huge guys who are just absolutely gigantic and have squash matches. Uh, so that is Vince McMahon's uh, favorite kind of Kool Aid. I don't think that they should go up. I'm not a big fan of AOP. Uh, Sanity, I think, is still developing their guys as well. So I don't see any of the members from Sanity necessarily running out either. Um, but. I could be wrong. It is a Vince McMahon special, so he may just disappear them right over to Raw, you feel, or rather SmackDown. I think I can't remember which one. SmackDown, uh, but yeah, SmackDown, yeah. That's a, and that's another thing. I, I uh, well, we'll get into that later for Breezango. So uh,
1: it's, it's going to be interesting to see where these matches go. I I think there's a good chance that whoever loses the uh, the main the quote unquote main event. Heavyweight title match. I could see them on SmackDown the following week. I think that Drew McIntyre is just getting back into the system, so if he loses, I can see him going up to uh, SmackDown. If Bobby Roode loses, I could see him definitely going to SmackDown, or maybe even Raw, because of his character is more of the style of the main roster. Even though Jay will say that, for anyone who's listened to the show, that he had he the diff. The reason why Bobby Roode works in NXT is because he's so different than everyone else there with his style, so there's the contrast. But, I, I, I mean, I think whoever loses that match, I think you put up to the main roster. I, I think I think that these guys have limited shelf lives, and I think at some point you got to, you know, shit or get off the pot with these guys. you got to put them up to the main roster. Because you got to remember, as good as NXT is, it's still developmental. And these guys yep. are there to get paid. You know, I mean, the contracts of these guys for NXT versus main roster, is quite a difference. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting where that happens. And I, I'm really interested to see what they do with this tag team title match. I think Sanity, like you said, I don't know if Sanity's ready to go to the main main roster, but I think the Sanity uh, angle feels like it's the absolute right opponents, at least storyline-wise, for the Breezango thing. Because I don't think they're putting, you know, Luke Harper and... Uh, Rowan back together, you know, everyone's favorite, you know, Vittner, to come back together as a tag team, you know. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know where it is the fit. I mean, unless you just drop the whole type of Breezango thing, which I think is one of the their most entertaining things every week on TV. But give me a where th- they go.
0: I think bringing Sanity in as uh, the, the driving force behind the attacks on Brizango, I think it would be terrible. Uh, you, you would have to, you would essentially squash Brizango. And just like you said, this is one of their best things. I mean, they're pushing these guys, and they put on a great uh, product every week. I mean, the the uh, the Twin Peaks references, um, uh, the X Files references, all the you know all the things that they're going on. It people love it. It's hilarious. So to me, the idea of bringing insanity, uh, you know, four on two. Because you got to bring all four people. You can't just leave anybody down there. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have the same feel without them all there. So to bring all four of them up out of nowhere and just have them only be feuding with Brizango is, is terrible. And to have to squash Brizango is mm-hmm. even worse.
1: Yes, I see your point there. Uh, and last thing on this before we move on, one of the reasons I think that if Asuka does lose, she comes up is because with the... And Mike and going to Raw, in my opinion, with the uh, the injury to Bailey, I think you need another big time babyface and a big time worker to to make up for the loss. You know, so I mean, and if and if you do have, you know, when well, I know we're going all over the place here for a second, but if you do have Alexa Bliss hold on to the title, I think her getting, you know, Oscar coming in on Raw the next night and just destroying Bliss as much as I love her. <laughs> and I think she's one of the best things on the product. I you know Jay thinks her in ring is still terrible, which I think she's gotten better. But I think the idea of Oscar basically just coming in, that music playing, and just killing Alexa Bliss on Monday Night Raw at the Barclays Center, I think would be amazing.
0: I uh, I don't think that Alexa is terrible in the ring. I, I think I she's agree. still. I agree with you that she's getting better. I don't think she's great in the ring, but I think her character is fantastic and that she's, she's earning her way up there. Uh, I was excited when they put the title on her. I think it's a good look for her. I think it's making her grow. Uh, but I would love to see Oscar premiere uh, and just get the call-up and come out because her character already, I mean, her entrance alone has that big show feeling. I think she'll fit right in when she comes up.
1: And, you know, they've done this once before. Paige came up, still with the NXT title, beat uh, AJ Lee on her first night in the company. So... It's not like this would be a, a new thing for them to just go and push somebody right to the top. I mean, Page is another subject, which we'll talk about another time. But um, yeah. so now that we've taken a couple of months, I do this, Jay, every, every time we do a show. You know this because you're one of our loyal listeners and friend of the show. What's your interest level in the show right now after we spoke about it from a 1 to 10? Where, where, where are we feeling? For NXT? NXT, yeah. Um, I, I would still give it about a 7 or an
0: 8. Um, mostly like I said, because of the Aleister Black and Hideo Itami match, uh, which I'm very very excited about. I would love, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, and the other part being so much so for the uh, um, uh, Bobby Roode and Drew McIntyre match, which again I hope becomes a three way dance after uh, this week's NXT. Uh, but we'll see. I I have never quite fully believed that they will do the logical thing and and work it out. But I kept expecting uh, uh, William Regal to walk out and suddenly say, it's now a three-way match. (laughs) So I'll I'll still give it a seven or eight. Uh, It's not the strongest card that they've ever had at the Barclays Center, uh, but it's still good. It's still a solid lineup.
1: I, I agree. I mean, I would go most likely somewhere between the seven and a half and eight range, just like you. Uh, I'm really hoping that we see one of these recently signed uh, free agents, you know, make an appearance. I -hmm. think it'd be really cool if we get the Adam Cole Bebe and Red Dragon together. I think it'd be cool if we got, you know, Donovan Dijak. I think that'd be because of his size. Leo Rush, I don't think you need to premiere at at that. I think he's just more of a guy you premiere on on NXT taping. But um, I think this could be a good show. And uh, maybe based on what we'll be talking about in about, you know, a minute here, I think once again, NXT will be the better show of the weekend. Agreed. All right, so we've held off long enough. We've got 13, my God, we have 13 matches, six-hour show. I might throw myself down a flight of stairs, and you might have to come down and stay in, you know— give me a little EMS yeah. over here. Uh, 6 <laughs> 6 hours. Oh god, these the, I love that they I, work but the I 6
0: can't believe hours. They're starting at 5. I can't believe they're doing 13 matches. It's insane.
1: And you know, we didn't get to this on Raw and we'll talk about this very quickly. But what you think of basically them saying, "All right, we might get giving at least fans the idea that they were going to getting rid of some of these matches on Raw by having the Cruiserweight title match having the Balor-Bray um, Wyatt match. You you know, you're th- thinking that maybe these matches happen on Raw, I get a special thing, but as we find out, they're still on the show.
0: I, I think that's a really stupid move on your part. Uh, or, not so much so because you're... How do I put this? I think it's, it's stupid to give people the idea that that's what's going to happen uh, and then to kind of, you know... Pull the wool over the fans' eyes and still have all these matches on Sunday. Uh, it's a great move on their part because now they're they convince people like, oh crap, we got to watch right now. Uh, so they're they're keeping their numbers up for uh, all their advertisements. Smart move on their part. Shifty move again on WWE's part. Um, but to do that, to me as a fan, I'm like, you know, guys, not cool. But then again, at the same time literally 30 seconds ago, you and I just complained about having to watch six hours of WWE product in one sitting. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're not going to go through all 13 of his matches. I'm, no. Uh, Cause you know, we'll be here for the next three years, but uh, let's just go over some of the big ones. Uh, let's go with one, which most likely is the most anticipated match so far this year. This fatal four way with the idea if Brock does not leave the title He's not coming back. We all know he's signed to WrestleMania. He's no, no shocker here. He's advertised for the September pay-per-view. The Barclays Center, and their wisdom on Twitter, went and said uh, he'll be there on Monday. So, I mean, there's hints of him keeping the title. But what's your thoughts here? Lesnar, Reigns, Joe, Braun Strowman, Fatal Fourway. Where do you see this going? Uh, Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar goes nowhere, but at the same time. I wouldn't be
0: surprised if Samoa Joe snuck the title out. I could see them, you know, swerving it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope they put the title on Joe. The one thing that, that is interesting to me here is that everything that you saw on Monday made made me feel that the original plan was Lesnar versus Strowman in a one-on-one match. And I think yeah. we get that in September. I, uh, I know that a lot of people think because John Cena is coming over to Raw... He goes right into you know a main event slot, but I think that everything that's being done with the breakup uh, of the two of them not being able to touch and RAW, I think I think you're I think it's gonna be Lesnar versus Strowman, and I I think they're not gonna to try to put the wool over at this time. I think Lesnar's gonna win.
0: yeah, uh, you know what I I I just feel like they'll do some kind of swerve. And Samoa Joe is who I think they would swerve it over to. But you're absolutely right. Uh, I think that initially the intention for this was to be Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman, two giant beasts. But I think Strowman is still a little green uh, and still kind of finding his way in terms of moves. So to throw, and then at the same time creatively, what do you do with Roman Reigns? Uh, That's
1: very interesting. Yeah, I mean... Could we – I mean, we could see as soon as next month, you know, Cena versus Reigns. I mean, I think that's more of a big four type of show match. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you want to make uh, Cena's first match, you know, meaningful. So, you can go in a lot of different directions. I mean, you could even go with Joe or, you know, you can mm-hmm. go Lesnar. I mean, you never know. But uh, we spoke about this for a moment earlier in the show. But WWE Championship match, a.k.a. SmackDown title, Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm still waiting to see uh, – as good a Shinsuke Nakamura match as I did on his very first night in NXT, because I this might be a little controversial, but I don't know if he's had a great match since his very first match. So, I mean, I don't expect that this weekend. I think when you eliminate the money in the bank, I think there's a chance Nakamura gets the title. But I still think the idea is most likely long-term is uh, Jinder versus uh Cena at some point, with, you know, Cena winning the 17th title. So, I'm going to go with my heart and say Nakamura, but I would be... I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, Jinder Mahal wins this match.
0: Um, I, I, want, I want to see Nakamura go over. Um, but if he does, I think what will end up happening very quickly is he'll hold the belt only briefly because I think they talked about a September excursion to India. Uh, so I think if he does hold the belt, if he does manage to win it, Uh, he's going to lose it pretty quickly. Um, You're right. I feel like he has not had a uh, a very big match. Although, uh, well, I'll take that back. I think Nakamura-Rude was a great match, uh, even when he lost. I I think it was exciting, and it looked fantastic. Um, I would like to say that Nakamura wins, but again, I think they'll, they'll drop the title off of him very quickly. Uh, as a business move for the trip over to India also at the same time Jinder Mahal is going to have the Singh brothers there so i wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of interference and you know the the screw over with gender winding winning
1: winding i like that gender winding yeah, windy. uh let's, yeah, let's do winding. let's do uh, rapid fire just give me your idea of who you think wins cena corbin oh cena I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they try to rebuild. I, I think Corbin wins, especially with Cena going over to Raw. That's usually how it works. You you lose on your way out. Uh, AJ versus Owens with special guest referee uh, Shane McMahon, aka building towards Shane versus Owens in the future. I think AJ keeps the title. What's your thoughts? Uh,
0: I think definitely AJ keeps the title. Uh, I think that's gonna be one of the big surprise uh, quality matches for the night. Uh, I think that that'll probably end up stealing the show, the two of them together.
1: Uh, Raw kick title match, Cesaro and Sheamus versus Summer Fisting, a.k.a. the Reunion of the Shield. Uh, (laughs) Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I do apologize to our younger listeners, but uh, if you watch that first, you know, 15 minutes of the idea, if they were going to fist or if they weren't going to fist got a little uncomfortable as we went on but uh what's your thoughts do you think they keep the title or do they go full-blown uh trying to get these two guys over who really have a hard time getting over in the in ambrose and rollins
0: oh i don't think they have a hard time going over i think they're over as over can be i listen to the crowd pop when they when they put their fists together absolutely i'm going with ambrose and rollins because it's the building of of something else so rollins and ambrose all day
1: Alright, I, I agree. I, I can see that. Uh Raw women's title match a Bliss versus Sasha Banks. We had more time to get into this at a to more in depth, but uh I don't I don't see them taking the title off of Bliss at this time. And I think Sasha's big enough and over enough that she can lose and it's not gonna matter.
0: Um I I disagree. I think Banks is taking it. I, I think Banks takes it and then I I think we get to see the uh like I said, the premiere of Oscar potentially. And Oscar Banks feud, and then uh, maybe Alexa Bliss jumping in towards the end of it to pick up the scraps.
1: Interesting. All right. Uh, I think this next match is more about if we get a cash in afterwards. But uh, SmackDown Women's Title match: Naomi versus Natalia. I, if you're going to have the cash in, it stinks for Natalia. But I think Natalia could be champion for you know 30 seconds and then lose. Uh, you know the cash in with Carmelo, who I think has been very good. But I don't. I, don't, I think you've been hyping that so much that I don't think they're going to do it. So I'm going to go with Naomi. Uh, I mean,
0: I, I think it's crabby for Natalia who's put in so much time to this company. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I think Natalia picks it up and loses it after about 30 seconds. Which, uh, which, it sucks for her, but uh, you know, we'll see.
1: Uh, in a match that I don't think anybody cares about because it's one of those matches that came out of nowhere, and I guess the pun is, was meant that way, Randy Orton versus Rusev. Rusev needs the victory, but Orton's lost in so many of these matches. I think it's fine for him to win one. So I'm going to go with Orton in a match that, like I said, should mean more, but nobody cares about.
0: It, it, is it wrong for me to say I don't care who wins this match? Wow. I don't. This, there are a number of matches on this card that can get cut, and this is one of them. I, I don't care. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Rusev winning.
1: For a second, I thought Jason Brooks had joined the podcast. Um <laughs> We've got Big Show versus Big Cass in a match that I couldn't care less about in the Shark Cage. All
0: right, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do this real quick and rant about this. This right. is literally one of the stupidest matches I've ever seen put on a pay per view. <laughs> this is up there with like the debut of the Gobly Cooker. Stupid. Uh, and you take a huge money making machine of Enzo Mori and Big Cass. You break them up. You squash the living daylights out of Enzo Mori. Uh, he's got a uh, nuclear heat in the back apparently as well. So you just continue to waste a character who's got fantastic mic skills. Uh, you you break up a group way too soon, and then you do this. You stick a guy in a freaking shark cage. You want to demean and make a character completely useless. This is how you do it. Congratulations, Tonto Omori. Your your character is literally being rewritten into a manager. Into something stupid. Uh, I this I hate this match. I hate that it's on there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, I I don't disagree. I mean, th- there are rumors that have been going around over the last week or so that Vince might be have changed his mind on this, and we may get a screw job here with Enzo and Big Cass going back together, with Enzo uh, helping him win the match. I mean, I don't know. It's it is what it is. That's
0: the only logical choice.
1: Uh, a couple of more matches. Jesus, how I many matches are on the stupid show? Uh uh, Finn Balor, I'm sorry, the Demon, as he's being advertised, because uh, it's a big event. We got to get the face, you know, we got to get the paint out there. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. I have no idea why this match is happening, except getting the the Demon uh, out there because he lost clean as as day to Bray Wyatt. You know, with yeah. uh, we're not calling it blood, but you know, supposedly blood. What what's your thoughts here? Besides saying you know the J, J answer, I don't care. What do you think wins the match? But I, I think. I think Balor wins, maybe break, setting up maybe a first blood match in, in September. But, I mean, it, it's like it's one of these matches that I already saw it on Monday and it was fine. I don't really need to see it again.
0: Uh, I, I'm of uh, the same feeling. I think these are two great workers who are put into a go-nowhere storyline. I think it's, it's basically gimmick versus gimmick at this point, and it's, it's cheap. This is one of the matches that, sadly, I would say doesn't belong on a pay-per-view. But, you know, they're, they're going to do it uh, as well. And I think it sucks because, you know, Finn Balor has put a, a, a ton of time and energy into the company, get injured, come back. Uh, and I think it's, it's a waste of talent for both him and Bray Wyatt to uh, have a go-nowhere match like this.
1: I, I agree. Uh, Cruiserweight rematch now to Zawa versus Neville. I'll be the first one to say that I did not think this Titus Brand thing would work out at all. I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, if somehow they figure out a way to get um, Apollo to actually be relevant and by the end of this year, I, I'll give a standing ovation to uh, the company because I just don't know where he, he fits in. But do we have the uh, less than a week title run or do we give Tizau a chance to go and run with this title for a little while? Uh, give to
0: Zawa a little bit of a chance to run for a little while uh, th- this is one of the matches that actually I would say doesn't belong on their pre-show this, this should be on the actual uh, main event card itself and I I actually am very excited to watch this match uh, I think they're two fantastic performers and I think it's shitty that they're getting buried on the pre-show
1: I, I couldn't agree more, I mean Neville's been one of the best guys in his company for the last six to eight months and he has, I don't believe, in that run as in, as champion, has actually been on a main show yet. So, I mean, I would have loved mm-hmm. to see that. I mean, it's on the kickoff again. But, you know, it it is what it is, unfortunately. They may steal the show again, but I, I agree with you. I think Tozawa needs to keep his title for a little while, see where they can go. And it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Neville now that he's no longer champion. Does he does he just fade away or, and become obsolete? No. Uh, is, does he fade away? Huh. Or does he get right, you know, do we have something else for him to do? Because he's such a good character in the cruiserweight division, but if you're not champion in the cruiserweight division, does anybody care about you?
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh,
1: Final match on this 400-hour card. Uh, The Hardys and Jason Jordan in a rematch against the, uh, The Miz, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. I like what they've done with the... I have like what they've done with The Miz lately, but uh, I understand the Revival get hurt, and the Hardys are one of your bigger acts, but this does not have to be on the show. This, this could headline, you know, the second hour of Raw next week, for all I care.
0: This is uh, it's a huge waste. Uh, there's no Intercontinental Championship being defended at one of your biggest pay-per-views of the year. Instead, you're having a three-man tag match. This is stupid, Uh, a waste of a match. I was disappointed when I heard that it was announced, um, and uh, I don't want to see it. And also, this isn't the last match uh, that we have to discuss. We actually have to discuss the other buried in the pre-show match that it should not be for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships with the New Day versus the Usos, another card match that should be front and center on the main event.
1: You know what I saw that match and I saw it said pre-show, a kickoff match and I went by because we were doing the kickoff matches mostly together and I totally just missed that thank you uh one of the rare one of the rare things I could say that's actually been really good and once again shouldn't be on the kickoff um i I think the minute you put the titles on the new day, they have to stay on there for a while, but the Usos have found characters. I've said this to Jay for the last three years that i had until this run, I had no idea what the Usos are about or why I should care about them and now I do so i mean it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens here i would I would say the new day win, but I think it's interesting that they announced who the uh who would be wrestling in the match already with Biggie and Xavier, which you know could lead into another rematch down the line with the guys who actually you know won the titles in the first place? I mean, I think they can go either way with this. I think this could be one of the best matches on the show, and it's a shame that people Absolutely. who people like Jay who don't watch the pre-show, <laughs> I'm not lying here. I've heard that many times. Um, I watch the pre-show. I watch. I don't watch it. Nope. I'll watch it maybe some other time. That's why. That's why he, does, he may not know that Neville's <laughs> champion. But um, we miss you, Jay. We miss you. Well, P- Portland doesn't. They wish you'd leave already. <laughs> uh, but let's. To be honest here, I, I think. The, I think the New Day has to keep the titles at this point. But if the Usos won, I wouldn't be disappointed.
0: Same. Completely agree. Uh, I think uh, either one of these teams is so fantastic that uh, you can carry this feud out for a little longer. I'm going to stay interested consistently especially if it means potential heel turn for New Day, um, which probably won't happen, but I'd love to see them just get a little more. They've, they've come close. They've come close, done some of the sneaky heel moves, you know, come running in out of nowhere. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that New Day come back with that.
1: Uh, agreed. Uh, so we went through the six-hour pay-per-view in about, I don't know, yeah. 10 minutes. Uh, what's, so what, what are you thinking here? Uh, I'm there. thinking
0: that uh, as much as I will rant about it and go on and on and on about it, uh, I I think we need to talk G1 briefly.
1: Wow. Look, finals. Look, look, at just, look at you just, look at you no-selling no, no selling the idea of your interest level on this pay-per-view. Thank you very no, much.
0: Uh, no, and you can <laughs> tell. And, I mean, like we said, this is six hours with a mixed-up card matches that don't need to be on it, and matches that should be on the main card that are buried in the pre-show. Uh, if I had to give it a 1 to 10 for this uh, for this entire thing, this six-hour monstrosity, I'm going to give it about maybe a 7. Uh, and the only reason, like I said, there are several matches on here that have the potential to be absolutely fantastic. I don't want to take that away from any of the performers on there. Uh, I feel bad for you know the five or six matches on here that just don't need to be on there and are, are kind of, you know, these are guys who are doing it because they they are owed that time on a pay-per-view. Um, but I I think overall, this isn't the strongest they could have done. I think some of these feuds are not as great as they could
1: be. I I, I wish I could disagree. I'm actually, I'm interested in in the four-way. I'm interested to see what they do with Nakamura. But mm-hmm. otherwise, uh, most of these matches feel like they could be, Headlining a SmackDown or a, a Raw each week, so they don't really have that f- big feel. Uh, I'm going to say somewhere in the six the sixes range. I mean, we, I do the we do the podcast every week. Sean, the, w- the way you've you've been performing, maybe more than a Jay, will be doing it from now on. I'm only kidding, Jay. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? I, I, we do the podcast. I watch all six hours. at you know, some point of, over the week. But mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm interested to see what they do with Lesnar, but besides that, I really don't care that much. You know, it's, it's one of those shows that if, if the name SummerSlam wasn't on the title, I wouldn't be running out of my way to go and watch the show. I,
0: I just think they've done a bad job of getting the, uh, you know, the, the diehard wrestling fans invested in some of these matches. And that's creative's fault. And that's their their fault for not directing it as well. I, I think they could have done a better job.
1: I agree. Uh, and I'm going to throw this at Sean right now because uh, that's what I do because I'm a jackass. But, uh, <laughs> Sean, we're going to go and close out this episode. We're going to take, like, a two-minute break, and we'll uh, do a special, like, 15, 20 minutes on the G1 as a separate, ish, as a separate uh, podcast because, you know, as much as Jay always likes to tell me, you know, Anything over an hour, nobody wants to listen to. So uh, yep. Yep. we're going to quickly just do a quick plug for the uh, how you can follow me on Twitter and the show. And then uh, we'll be back, which, you know, you guys will hear most likely the following day. But, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes or more on the G1. So, uh, Sean, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, we You'll hear him again in a few minutes if you listen back-to-back to, back to podcasts. But uh, you could follow us on Twitter, at Pod or my Twitter, Paladin808, you can check us out and never miss an episode by subscribing to Stitcher Radio or to uh, iTunes, which if you give us a five-star review, we will read it on the air. Uh, We might have missed one or two over the weeks, but I want to thank guys like Sean Parker who have joined our Facebook group uh, as of late, John Moore, who you can check out from a couple episodes, who's been participating from the great uh, ProWrestling.net website, so you can join us on Facebook. You can join us on blogtalkradio.com and listen to us there. But for, uh, for Sean, this is Corey. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Jason, I'm not going to let Sh- Sean do your, uh, your catchphrase. But uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for, for joining us. And we will, uh, we will all watch SummerSlam and hope it's not the disaster we expect it to be. So uh, we'll, we'll catch you again real soon.